Good morning, good morning, everybody. If we could just stand to our feet. Welcome to Metro Praise. Amen. We're about to uh, kick off our worship this morning. Uh, my name is Stephen Ramos. Um, I'm a 201 class. I've been coming to Metro for about a good five or six months. I'm not really good with time. My wife, I leave that up to my wife. Praise God for her. Um, but it's been awesome, and I have to admit it has been life-changing. I came from another church. I'm not going to say what church that is. I don't want to put any other church down. God bless that church. But ever since I've been coming to Metro Praise, it has been awesome, you know. And I know uh, I see a lot of your faces, and I know a lot of you guys don't know me personally. So I just want to give a slight testimony of what happened in my life, just real brief. And uh, leading up to what, you know, to the word that I'm, uh, to the scriptures that God led me to bring, um, that God has taught me since it happened to this very day, you know. I got saved while I was incarcerated in uh, 2009. I was in there for a heinous crime, facing 40 years in my life. There was no way out. Only God had to come and split the Red Sea, amen. It was, it was, it was a moment that I didn't know which way to go. I mean, there was no way to go. It was either, you know, I'm going to die in this place or God is going to deliver me. And that's just how it was. It was dark times. And God sent my grandmother a few months while being incarcerated. She, he sent my grandmother, who is with Jesus now, and she gave me a promise from God. She said she was fasting and praying. And that was the first and last time she came to visit me just to do God's will. And she said, if you give your life to God, God said in the end, he will set you free. Amen. And that was a few months while being incarcerated. You know what I mean? And it was three years, almost three years later that God delivered me. So I had to hold on to that one promise. And during them times, it got real dark. During them times, the promise didn't look like it was going to come through. It looked like, God, what's going on? The, the situation looks dead. And as the years go by, it's looking even deader and deader and deader to the point, God, I don't even see your promise anymore. Was it really you? Did you really promise this? And during the middle of that, God gave me this word that I would never forget, even to this day. And the word is from Romans chapter 4. Let me get there real fast. It's Romans chapter 4, verse 18 through 21. It is the Amplified Bible. And it says, For Abraham, human reason for hope being gone hoped in faith that he should become the father of many nations as he had been promised so numberless shall your descendants be he did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter impotence of his own body which was as good as dead because he was about a hundred years old or when he considered the barrenness of, of Sarah's dead and womb no unbelief or distrust made him waver doubt any question concerning the promise of God but he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and to do what he had promised. Amen. In verse 20, it said that he grew in faith as he gave praise and glory to God. I don't know what you guys are going through today. I don't know what you guys came in with. You know what I mean? I'm not going to say leave it at the door because at the door is waiting for you. I would say bring it to the throne of God. Claim God in your life. Claim his promises. 
and through praise and worship and glory to God. Focus on his promises rather than focusing on the deadness of your situation or the hopeless situation you may be. God is able if we just hold on to his promises and give him praise and glory this morning. Amen. If we can all bow our heads and pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we're coming to you, Lord God Almighty, as your children, Lord God. Lord, at times we don't know what's going on in front of us. We don't know the situation that we're coming to, Lord God. It seems dead. It seems hopeless, Lord God. It seems like there's no way of escape. But God, you said promises in your word. You gave us promises, Lord. And on those promises we stand this morning. You said claim the things that are not as though they are, Lord God. And we claim it as we work worship you right now as we give you glory Lord God unto your promise and that you are able and more than able Lord God to do what you have said in Jesus name may us praise the Lord in Jesus name To such joy and gladness, my heart can't keep it. And I'm shouting, I'm shouting. You turn my tears of sadness into such joy and gladness. My heart can't keep. Oh, lift up a shout of praise. We shout to the Lord. You're so worthy, God. 
Here we go. Every voice, come on, sing it out after me. Here we go. Whoa, 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 sing it out. Whoa, 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 of sadness into such joy and gladness my heart can't keep it I'm shouting I'm shouting you turn my tears of sadness into such joy my heart I'm shouting I lift up a shout of praise to Jesus voice Yes. Come on right now, just praise him. Come on, praise him. Oh, we praise you, God. Oh, you're such an awesome God. The way you move, oh Lord. Oh, Sunan Your praise, God. Let it fill this place. Your presence, God. Oh, fill the atmosphere, God. So that we, your people, can be reminded of how good you are, of your power, of your faithfulness. Come on, Lord. Oh, stir our hearts this morning. Holy Spirit, you are the promise. Come on, this, this entire month we are talking about the promises of God. And Jesus says, he says, listen, I'm going to go, but I'm going to send you a promise. The one who has come. And speaking of the Holy Spirit, he said that he will fill every person. Your young men will dream dreams, your old men will see visions. Come on. In this place right now, God, let's just receive the promise from heaven. God, we receive your Holy Spirit this morning to consume our lives. God, even now to consume this worship. Come have your way, Lord. Come have your way. Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, you are welcomed here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Oh, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. 
to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Come on, sing, there's nothing worth more. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. Come on, I've tasted and seen. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves. When my heart becomes clean and my shame is undone. Your presence, Lord. Come on, sing, Holy Spirit, you are welcome. In Holy Spirit, you are welcome, dear. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence. Sing it again, Holy Spirit. In Holy Spirit, you welcome me, Lord. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come love this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what I so long for. To be Give him praise. He's here. Oh, Lord. You're here, Lord. We're soaring on my say. We praise you, God. We praise you, God. With our strength, we praise you, Lord. Oh, come on, sing. Let us become. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your good. Come on, sing it out. Let us become more aware of your presence let us experience the glory of your goodness let us become aware of your presence let us experience the glory of your 
Oh, let us, let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of Let us Let us And Holy Spirit, you are welcomed here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your... Come on, sing it. In Holy Spirit, you are, you're welcome to come flood this place and fill the atmosphere, your glory. In Holy Spirit, you are come blood. Come on, fill our hearts, oh Lord. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for you to be. Oh, come fill us, Lord. Come fill us, Lord, with your prayers. Come fill us with your breasts. Oh, yeah. Come fill us with your presence, God. Come on, if you're filled with the Spirit in this place, come on, sing a song in the Spirit. Let the rivers, let the rivers of living water flow in this place. Holy Spirit, come. Come on, I just feel just some people in here, just a, a, a tension between the supernatural, between what God is wanting to do and between where your heart is allowing and understanding. With all eyes closed in this place, come on. We know that God is a supernatural God. He is a spirit, so you're not going to see him floating in the air. But I tell you what, his Holy Spirit, the Bible says that he comes in power. Come on, when the disciples were waiting 
on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says the Holy Spirit came with power upon them and they began to speak in other tongues. Some of us haven't been open and allowing God in this area in our life, in the supernatural. And what better time of the month where we're talking about the powers of God. Come on, the, the promises of God in our life right now. We need to go deeper in our worship. Come on, Holy Spirit, you are God. Lead us to that place. Come on, if you, if you are filled with the Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, come on, just start praying in the Spirit. Come on, sing a new song in the Spirit in this place. Come on, we welcome you, God. We don't want our unfaith, our, our lack of faith, Father, to push you away, to bring about the breakthrough in our lives. Come on, some of you guys are on the tip of breakthrough in your families. Come on, in your life, in the areas in your life where you're just strained and the promises of God are here. Come on, the Holy Spirit is here. Oh, let it arise in your spirit. Come on, if you're saying to yourself, I just don't know what this is. Come on, the Bible says to be filled. You don't have to do anything. The Bible says all who are thirsty, come. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Come on, be filled with the Holy Spirit of God this morning. Come on. Holy Spirit, you are welcomed here. You are welcomed here. You are welcomed here. Come on. I don't know who you are this morning, but come on, there's a breakthrough coming. Come on. Come on, if all you can say is Jesus, begin to lift his name. We lift you up, Jesus, at the mention of your name. Oh, faith comes, come on, at the mention of your name. Strongholds are broken. At the mention of your name, demons flee. So yeah. Oh, lift him up in this place. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. You are welcome here. Come on, in an attitude of prayer, come on, let's stay engaged right now. Would you just put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you? Come on, wherever they may be. Come on, just pray over them, Holy Spirit fire. Come on. If all you know how to say, Lord, I pray for more of your Holy Spirit to burn in their heart. Come on, just pray for that. More. More of you, God. This isn't a show, but God, we want your power to consume our lives. Come on, just pray for more. More, God. Holy Spirit, burn in their hearts. Send them. Fill our hearts. More, more of you, more, come on. We want more, we want more, we want more, we want more, 
We want more. We want more. We want more. More of you, Lord. So torobobosa. Come on. And just begin to praise God with your neighbor right now. We praise you, Lord. Come on, as you sense the Holy Spirit. Come on, begin to praise. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for To be overcome by When every voice sing Holy Spirit It's Holy Spirit Glory, Lord. Glory, Lord. Glory, Lord. Glory, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Praise his name right now. Just praise his name right now. If you speak in a heavenly tongue, just praise his name right now. Give him glory right now. Lift your hands and give him glory. He is God. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is your provider. Come on now, lift his name. Lift his name right now. What a spirit of joy. You might not be feeling like it, but that's why you have to lift his name right now. Lift his name. If there's nothing else you want to do, just lift his name right now. Give him the glory. Give him the glory. Give him the glory right now. Just focus on that right now. Just give him the glory. I felt that in my heart. I felt this peace, this joy. Just give him the glory. If there are things going on in your life right now, give him the glory anyway. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, we just pray. If you speak in a tongue right now, just lift his name up so that he may be edified and so that you may be edified. Praise his name. Right now, just continue to lift his name. Just continue to lift his name right now. Regardless of what you're going through, God is there. I know we say that sometimes and it sounds so cliche. But God understands. God understands because He gave His Son. He gave every the one that He loved, He gave Him for you. And you know what? We didn't deserve it. We didn't deserve it, but we got it anyway. There's nothing that we need to do other than to accept Him into our life. It's a gift. Take the gift right now. Receive it. Praise His name. Receive it. Praise His name. That's what you should be grateful for. Nothing material, but for the gift that He has given you. Receive it right now. 
Praise His name right now. Praise His name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Holy Spirit, fall down on this place. We don't want to do anything by our own power, Lord. We want to do everything through you, God. Lord, sometimes we can feel so vulnerable, so weak, so insignificant, God. But through you, we can do all things. Lord, I just pray right now that we would remember that every day, Lord. That this church would be a church that would operate on your power, Lord. Not our own, Lord. Lord, we don't want to be man-pleasers, Lord. We want to be God-pleasers in here, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus, Lord. I pray that that would be the heart of every believer here, Lord. Lord, I pray that we would not be afraid to offend, to tell people the truth, oh God. Hallelujah. I pray that that would be the heart of every believer, Lord, when they go to, to their workplace, oh Father God. And when they would talk to their co-workers, oh God. And when they would talk to their own family members, oh God. That they would not be afraid to bring your gospel, God. Lord, because the enemy's attacking, God. Lord, we don't want to feel good gospel. We want the truth, God. But I pray that we would not be too brutal, Lord, that we would not be too truthful, Lord, but we would have grace too, Lord, that there would be a balanced message, oh God. Lord, let us remember, God. I pray that we would remember, Lord, that you loved us when we were in sin, oh Father God. But for those that are out there, Lord, that are still living in sin, God, convict their hearts, Holy Spirit. Convict their hearts. That hard hearts would become hearts of flesh that they would see restoration, oh God. Lord, I pray for compassion, oh God. I pray for compassion right now. Let us raise his name. Let's lift his name right now. Glorify him in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lift his name right now. Come on. Praise his name. He is a good God. He is an awesome God. For that alone we should be grateful. Hallelujah. 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 In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, at this time I'd like to dismiss the children. Uh, parents, if you have children here, uh, we have a powerful lesson for them too. We don't believe in just sitting our children in a room and not getting the word of the Lord. We have our caretakers in the back. Go ahead and uh, escort them at this time. We thank you for that. Amen. We don't believe in just raising up our adults. We got to raise up our children, right? The Bible gives us clear instruction on that, right? I take that very seriously because I look at my son and he's only 18 months old. But I think about the fact that, you know, he could he could see he could see uh, the way that I live my life, the way that I model my life. He's going to learn more that way now at this point in his life. Uh, until he starts to understand the word of God. So we have to take that uh, into, into heart. I don't know why the Lord told me that. I'm kind of putting it out there right now. Let's make sure that we're raising our children up right. Amen. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Welcome, everybody, to Metro Praise. I truly am uh, humbled and, and overjoyed to see that uh, these chairs are filled. But I also want to pray right now for the chairs that are empty and that those come with a spirit of expectation and also with, with thankful uh, thankful heart that these chairs will be filled and we'll have standing room only in here. Amen. 
So uh, welcome to Metro. I'm, I'm, I'm a governing elder here at the church. I'm one of the governing elders. I've been blessed with that honor and uh, to serve you at, at, here in the church, uh, here at MPI. And my message today is going to be quick. It's, it's going to be grow, hunger, grow, and be ready. Amen? Okay. So turn with me to 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 13. I'm sorry, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Go ahead and turn there. And the word here says, when you're there, say you're there. Okay. The word here says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Amen? Now I'm going to start with this scripture because what happens sometimes is we say, you know, I, I, I want to come to Christ, but I'm going to wait about six months until the timing's ready. Or I, I want to come to Christ. I want to give my life right, but we treat it as some self-help message like Tony Robbins. But, but see, we don't really want to change. We just want to, we want to cherry-pick Scripture so that we can feel good about, our, about our, our desires of the flesh. Amen? And what happens is, is, is Peter, Second Peter tells us that his divine power has given us everything. We need for a godly life. But people tell me sometimes, but David, man, it's so hard. You don't understand. Like if I've never been there. Like if I grew up with a spiritual spoon in my mouth, right? And you've probably heard that before too. But the reality is I always turn to the scripture because he says, no, brother, I don't, I don't need to understand everything. But the Bible tells me that his divine power has given me everything that I need for a godly life. So if I'm not doing it right, it's because I'm jacking it up. Amen. If we're not doing it right, if we're not seeing the fruits of what we're doing spiritually, it's probably because we're jacking it up because the Bible give, has given us a promise that he's given us everything that we need. So when I look at this scripture and I ask myself, man, God, why am I so broke, busted, and disgusted? It's not because of what God has done. It's because of what, what I'm not doing in him and what I'm not allowing him to do through me. Amen? So as I start there, that's kind of like the foundation there because God has given us everything that we need, right? That's why I put it in yellow because he's given us everything. That should encourage you today, body of Christ. Because if, it's, if something's not working out in your life, we can't blame God for that because he's given us everything. The question is, are you paying attention? Are, are you saying, God, give me this, but then when he sends your sister who's saved to tell you about the gospel, you say, I don't need to hear that right now. But he's sending you the answer. I like the joke that says, you know, the guy's in the water, he's in, the, he's in a swimming pool or in the ocean, and he's drowning, and he, he doesn't know what to do, and he's saying, God, 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 give me this. He sends him a boat, an airplane, and a helicopter, and he drowns, and he says, he goes to heaven, and he says, God, well, why didn't you help me? He says, I send you a boat, a helicopter, and you didn't listen. <laughs> that was supposed to be funnier, but that's cool. <laughs> All right. So real quick here, because i got a few minutes. Do you hunger? That's the question. Do you hunger? Do you hunger? Are you saying, God, give me this. God, give me that. Are you asking? And I'm not talking about material things. I'm talking about the spiritual. Because it's easy to come to God when you're in trouble. I'm going to talk about why this helmet's here in a second. Save my life. Not this one particularly, but, okay? Do you hunger? Matthew 5, 6. I'm going to go through these quickly. If you want to turn there, go ahead. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they will. 
See, I went over my life with this with my life group, so they're probably going to get some extra blessings today by hearing this again. But it says, the Bible tells us that blessed are those who hunger. The question is, are you hungry? You know, when I'm hungry and when I'm thirsty, I don't think about eating food six months from now. I eat it. And I drink water now because I'm thirsty. Because, you know, if I don't drink water for three or four weeks, the Bible said, or, you know, natural, everybody knows that you'll die. <laughs> you can live longer without food, but not without water. Amen? Proverbs 16, 26, the appetite of laborers works for them. Their hunger drives them on. Oh, why, why do you work? Why do you labor? Why do you go to work so you can provide for your family? And you do that well, don't you? But see, do you hunger in that same way? Do you labor for righteousness? Do you labor for the knowledge of God? Do you have an appetite for the ways of Him as opposed to the ways of the world? Luke 6, 21, blessed are you who hunger now. Does it say six months from now when you're ready to accept it? See, I remember I was one of the first ones to say that. That's why I'm telling you. I'm going to step on somebody's toes here, but that's okay. Be mad at me, but I'm telling you the truth. I'd rather tell you the truth than you go to hell. See, it says because if you hunger now, you will be satisfied. Why wait, guys? If you're hungry now, you don't say, I'll make a sandwich six months from now. It doesn't make any sense. Repent. Repent. Now. Blessed are you who weep now. You know what? When I was backslidden, I weeped when I, when I gave my life to Christ. Oh, Lord, I got to give up clubs. Oh, Lord, I got to give up drinking. Oh, come on, Lord. I weep, but you know what? I laugh later. Because then I learned I didn't give those things. I didn't give those things. I didn't uh, necessarily have to give anything up. I traded it off for something better. And God revealed that to me. Amen? So what are you holding on to right now? Give it up. You may weep now, but you'll laugh later. You may weep now. But instead of crying tears of repentance, you'll start crying tears of joy. Freedom in Jesus' name. Grow up in the spirit. First Peter uh, 2, NIV says, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind. Come on. Don't be over-spiritual on me here. Oh, I don't murder. I don't kill anybody. Oh, good. Good for you. But God's called more from you than that. Like newborn babies, it says, crave spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted the Lord is good. See, I could sit here and I could talk to you about some pretty deep concepts, but the truth is, is if you're not living right with God, you need the basics. You need to start drinking the milk. Then you need to start graduating onto that meat. Because the Lord, by the way, doesn't want you to stay drinking that milk. You Are you with me? He doesn't want you to be a baby Christian for four years. You need to get out of that pew and start preaching the gospel. But you need to be raised up in that. That's why we believe in discipleship. See, I used to be proud of the fact Metro disciples, but then I realized it's not just a Metro thing, it's a God thing. And it's a way of life. Romans says, therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, brothers and sisters, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it, for if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. Does anybody here want to die spiritually? Then repent. And live for the Lord. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. That's a promise. Live set free. You're an heir of God. There's a promise. And put on the full armor. Put on the full armor because the devil's attacking. Amen. See, I wouldn't dream of going out the wire without this because I can get killed. This stops a bullet at a very far distance. See, the power of God, the righteousness of God gives you that same protection. 
But if you're without it, how do you expect to win against the attacks of the devil? Be ready. So right now what I want to do is I want to pray right now. So if everybody could please just bow your heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for all that you do and who you are, Lord. I pray that people would hunger for righteousness because your word gives us a promise that we will be filled. So fill us, Lord. Fill every heart here. Fill every hard heart, Lord. Change them, Lord. Let them repent. Let them come to you and live for you, Lord Father God, because you are Lord. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Change everybody. Let them grow. Let them get disciples. I rebuke the fear of man in Jesus' name. And let them be ready, Lord, for we know the devil's like a roaring lion. Lord, let them pull on the full armor in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if everybody could please stand as we recite uh, our confession of faith. And at the count of three, if anybody uh, needs, does anybody need, uh, does anybody need uh, the confession of faith? We have it on paper. We have our ushers handing them out. Raise your hand, please. Amen. Amen. So on the count of three, repeat after me. One, two, three. I believe in one God and creator who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father who so loved the world. The Son who purchased my salvation in his death, burial, and resurrection. And the Holy Spirit who makes me new and imbibes in me forever. I believe in the perfect Holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ built upon the apostles and prophets, elders and deacons in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind. It is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. At this time, we're going to have a, a, a time of praise and fellowship. Uh, go ahead and talk to your neighbor. Greet somebody you don't know. Give them a high five and a hug for Jesus. Also, if any of you uh, needs prayer, go ahead and talk to Griselda and Jared. They're on this side. If you need to repent, if you need to get born again, or if you need prayer for any specific need, go ahead and see Griselda. Thank you, guys.
Amen, amen, amen. Good morning. Hallelujah. If you're in the process of greeting, you can go ahead and begin to make your way back to your seat. Thank you for coming this morning. It is a beautiful, cold Sunday morning. Is anybody here a cold winter type of person that they prefer the winter by a show of hands? Like this is your favorite time of the year. You enjoy waking up this morning, stepping out in the cold. We got one, two, three, three polar bears, four, four polar bears in the church. Praise God. (laughs) Amen. Welcome this morning to church, Metro Praise International, every morning getting in the presence of God. Now, wasn't that good? Just experiencing God's presence in worship. Amen. Come on, let's give a hand clap to the Holy Ghost. Sometimes we forget, like, man, he really wants to come and touch our lives. And and that was such a powerful time. Every Sunday morning, we have that. Amen. It's not that we have something special that other churches don't. We just say, man, we love Jesus. And God comes and blesses his people every Sunday, 10 a.m. here at Metro Praise International. Come join us. Spread the word. Amen. This coming Wednesday, we have our King's Kids, which starts at 6.30. We need to get that fixed. 6.30 p.m. Um, if you want to come on up, bring your kids. It's a ministry. If your child is 10 years or younger, bring them on now. We have leaders here that pour into their lives, teach them. Like David Montes says, it's important for our children to learn the Word of God. Amen. Praise God. And Fridays, elevate. Every Friday we are getting it down. We have a sermon series which is still going on. Jesus is bringing sexy back. Um, Just a testimony of what God is doing. Uh, People who deal with sexual issues, sexual sin, I mean, that can be really embarrassing and really, you don't want to talk about that. Like, man, I just want to, like, go through it and deal with it on my own. Jesus Christ is coming on and touching and setting people's hearts free. And that's amazing because you're looking at something that's been, a youth that has been dealing with an issue maybe about years. And God comes in one day and changes their heart and gives them salvation. Amen. So every Friday we are doing that. Amen. Next week we have our game night. Let's give it up for the game night. Woo! I could do better than that. Let's give it up for the game night. That's what I'm talking about right there. Game night next week is going to start at 6.30, okay? There's going to be a whole bunch of games here. Fellowship, a good time. Come on out. Bring out your family. It is F-R-E-E free. Amen. Here at Metro Praise International, our vision is to love God and love people. That hasn't changed. The moment we're going to come as a church and say, man, you know what? We don't want to love God and love people anymore. It's when the Bible ceases to stop being the Bible. Hello. It's when God stops ceasing to being God. But here we say, God, use us to love people. And when we come here, we want to love God with everything we've got. Amen. Look to your neighbor and say, with everything you got. That means your strength. Come on, look at him and say, that means your strength. That means your time. That means your money. Oh, I don't know about money. <laughs> Hold on there. That means you love God. Amen. Think about it like this. If I love God just with my words, or how about this, a relationship. I'm in a relationship with the lovely Christina Pillman. She's here in the service today. She's probably in the back. But imagine this. Like, Lord willing, if that goes down and God bless it, I get married to this girl. And say it like this. Like, man, you know what? If God blesses us so much, I just don't want to love her with words. But, right, you got to get her a ring. Right? You got to do You got to get her. She got to be happy, right? So love God, people. When we come into this place, we're going to get into a little bit more. But love God and love people. Amen. And our discipleship strategy, connect, mentor, 
and sin. What God is doing in our hearts, he said, man, he's connecting us to Jesus. We get mentored in the word of God. Let your mind change, amen? No more thug, no more, uh, uh, more sophisticated. It's Jesus' uh, mind in our, in our minds, amen? I'm kind of losing myself here, but just track with me a little bit. When God comes into your life, you're no longer the same. I mean, you shouldn't be the same because the Bible says he comes and he changes you. You get mentored, amen? Our one-on-one and our two-on-one, the processes that we have going on. Join it. Ask a life group leader. Ask one of the pastors here in the church. Amen. And then once you've been trained up, go and share it with somebody. Man, you have family today. They may not know Jesus. Or maybe you may know them and, and you don't really want to share with them. Listen, go out and share Jesus with somebody. I mean, what he's doing in your life, it can happen in other people's lives. Amen. And we believe our goal here, 100,000 disciples, 50 churches in Chicago with 500 around the world. If you believe Jesus can do it, come on, give a hand clap of praise to our God, because this isn't you, amen, I mean, we're going to prepare to give our tithes and our offerings, as we prepare, a tithe is 10% of your total income, and an offering is what you give unto God after your tithe, amen, God is blessing us, we are in the series, actually, we're in the, the month of doing a series of God's great and precious promises, I want to share a little testimony, and, and, and it's something that, man, God has been doing in our family. Um, maybe about a couple months ago, my father had lost his job, and he had been there for a, quite some time. And um, my father's a little older in age. He's about 52. And, um, you know, losing a job like that, that can be really, really depressing. That can be really, really hard because you're thinking about yourself. I am the provider of a family. I've been having a steady job, and I no longer have it. I mean, you can fall into places of depression really quick. And that's being very honest, and I'm seeing my father go through this, and God was using me to, to speak into his life and, and just continue to pray for him. And, and we were praying um, this past week, and, and, you know, just a moment of faith. As I was preaching last week, God, your promises are for my family, for the people. Then he comes back this week. He had uh, a job interview with Google. Okay, he said he nailed it. And then also he had a phone call from people that he thought he tried to apply for, and they said, you know what, they haven't called me back. Someone called them back saying, listen, they're throwing your name back into this conversation like you have not been dismissed. So just seeing it right there, he's, he'd come back, man, that gives me hope and trusting in God. So I don't know about you, just because he didn't get the job, that encouraged me to say, man, God, you're doing something. You're doing something. And I know if you were doing it for my family, he's good enough to do it for your family and your place, wherever you're at. Amen. Give unto God. That's one thing my father would say to me. You know what? Even if it's been rough, we've given to God. Teach me at a young age, you know, I didn't know what tithing was, but he'd give me the check, and I'd go, and I'd put it in, you know, me and my little self just putting it in afterwards, you know, giving me money. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, like, put it in there, son. <laughs> Come on, put it in. And he taught me the principle of giving to God because money in your own hands, it just slips through your hand like sand, the Bible says. But if you give it to God, you're blessed. Amen. And, you know, you can stand to your feet. We're going to read this as we believe God. Amen in this house of God and in your lives and your family, he's doing a great thing. We're going to claim this, Luke 6, 38. Amen. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Let's pray. Father, you are a faithful God. And we're not going to hide the fact that sometimes it can get hard. But, God, we right now don't even speak of the hard times. We speak your blessings and your promises over us, God. Father, we don't look at the, the struggles and the things that are going on. God, we look to your word. 
Right now, help us, God, to shift our eyes and our focus. And as you're doing that, God, we pray for increase at the jobs, Father, opportunities, uh, blessings. God, you are doing it, God. You are a good father. We pray that you would do it, Father. Use us to be a blessing to the city, to this world, to this nation. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. And come on up as you do. And look at your neighbor and thank them for being here this morning. Come on, thank you for coming. Oh, my goodness. It's my man. Come on up here, Thomas. Thomas is an Italian men's store owner. He has been dressing me lately. And he showed up. Don't we look like brothers or son? Amen. Brother, just testify. He's been in the business world for about 40 years, loving God for a long time. Just keep it short, man, because you always preach to me when I come into your store. But this man's got a good testimony, and he visited us. Just tell us somebody about how you win people to the Lord or something. You know what? First of all, I want to say your church is Holy Ghost anointed. Okay? I'm so impressed with all you young people dancing worshiping the Lord and selling out to God because there is no other way. There is no other way. I mean, I'm really impressed. The Lord sent me here this morning. I'm an evangelist, okay? I Anybody that's two feet from me, I preach because we don't want anybody to go to hell. And remember, the Word of God never returns void. Last night, I was sharing this with your wife. This is a great testimony. I went to an American Legion dance last night. I normally don't go to dances. Um, But I went there. Actually, I was there two weeks ago. And uh, I won a a lady that was 93 years old to the Lord. If you can imagine that, a 93-year-old woman that was Catholic, and she gave her heart to the Lord. And... You know, two weeks went by, and I, you know, I love to dance. I'm a jitterbugger from the 50s. I'm a young, I'll be young. I'm, my birthday is next month. I'll be 72. Okay? So I want you to understand that your youth can stay with you when you serve the Lord. When you witness for Christ and you stand out and you're a witness for God, God says in his word he'll renew your strength as an eagle as a youth. And God wants you to stay young. That's a testimony for anybody that's next to you. Because most people, when they get old, they get grumpy. They get, you know, they get depressed. They get, you know, everything goes against them. They get sick. But the Word of God gives us all the answers to all our problems. But let me go back to this and I'll finish. Hallelujah. Kalamashanda. I'm so I'm so glad that you guys are praying in the Holy Ghost too, because if you don't pray in the Holy Ghost, you're not going to build up your most holy faith. Okay, you know you could have faith, but if you don't have the work, and God wants you to work and speak the Holy Ghost, because the Holy Ghost is the power in your life. Okay, Jesus didn't leave us the Holy Ghost so you can be 
powerless. You have power when you have the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Now, last night I went to the dance, okay? I have a couple friends that I met there that I met that were in high school with me 50 years ago. And this is like, this is crazy. So I was there, and uh, I go there to dance. That's Everybody goes there to dance. There's no drinking. There's no smoking. There's no fighting. There's nothing. We just go to dance. You understand? It's just like at church. You want to, you know, you want to dance for the Lord. You know, David danced before the Lord. So I went there last night, and I was so, I said, man, I said, who am I going to dance with, you know? Because all these women, they're all, you know, they're elderly women. They're like anywhere from maybe 60 to 90. You understand? And here I'm a young 72. I'm looking for somebody, you know, you know, I'm looking for some young lady to I jitterbug because, you know, I like the jitterbug. I mean, I don't jitterbug slow. In fact, I danced with a couple of women. They go, you're a little too fast for me, sir. <laughs> Anyhow, there was a lady that was, um, I seen her dance, and she, she looked like she could really move. And I, I danced with her. I said, would you like to dance? She goes, yes, sir. So I danced with her, and she was a very, very nice person. And I danced with her a couple times. And then I said, is that your husband over there? He goes, oh, yeah. I said, you know, you, you need Jesus. I'm dancing with her, and I'm saying, you need Jesus. And she's, well, I'm Catholic. I said, that's not the answer. You need Jesus. Jesus died for you on the cross. Your religious system didn't die for you. See, when you witness, people, <clears throat> there's not one religion that has a monopoly on Jesus. Not one. Christ didn't die for uh Religion, he died for you. Are you understanding that? When you get that in your spirit, God is a personal God. He loves you with his whole heart. He sent his son. His son is the answer for life. When you speak the word, the word is life. So I got to tell this because this is a testimony. Remember the Bible says this. They overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. So when you got a testimony that's great, you better speak it. Because somebody next to you or across the street or whatever needs to hear that testimony. It isn't only a preacher that has got the word. You got the word. Anyhow, that's okay. No, no I'm not. You know, I didn't. See, I'm a type of person that I can't get to, I can't get to. I'm a person that when I tell a story, I can't just get to the end. You understand? You know, there's meat to a story. You understand? The meat of the word is God's story. I've been in business 46 years in business. And a lot of people, you need to come. I'll give you a card before I leave. But I'm going out of business because I'm going into full-time ministry and evangelism. And I'm going into the world. I've been preaching in my business for over 35 years. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power unto salvation to those that believe. And to those that don't believe,
I'm not just saying that because I came here. I'm telling you by the Spirit, these people are on fire. If you get if you get dull and you get lukewarm, you better go back into the world because you know what? You can't be here. Because God is pushing you to the next level. Just like the brother said, you know, you don't want nothing in the world. You want the meat. You can't stay a baby Christian and expect to be blessed because you don't know the promises of what God wants. Anyhow, I danced with this lady a couple times. And um, she was great. She was a great dancer, very sweet person. And I said, is that your husband over there? She goes, yeah, that's my husband. That's Brett. I said, how'd you like to meet Brett? You know, because, you know, you dance with somebody twice. But over there, Like the jitterbug, I get down. I don't. Do, I just don't do a couple steps and get down. Anyhow, I met Fred, and I said, uh, "Is Fred sick? Because he has crutches. He broke his leg." So I went over. I introduced myself, and um, we start talking. And you know the stuff that I talk about. And then sick, and I think I have some answers for you. He goes, wow. Talk, keep talking. He says, you know what? I'm searching for the truth. Are you hearing me? Listen, don't ever prejudge or preestimate anybody. Somebody says, God speaks to you through the Holy Ghost, and he said, go talk to that lady right over there. You see her? You. You do it. Servant is not to say, well, you know, maybe when I get time, I'll just rap to her. No. The Spirit wants you to move now. Remember, faith is now. Now faith. So I went over and I started talking to the guy. And uh, he said, yeah, he said, I broke my leg. I said, you know, I'm awfully sorry about that. I said, but, you know, I can pray for you. I can heal your leg. It's quicker than you can get off the crutch. But more, more than that, I want to tell you about salvation. I said, how are you born again? See, everybody needs to be born again. You can come to this church and you can lie, you can lie in your seat saying that you're spiritual, but if you're not born again, you'll go to hell. That's what the Bible says. See, I get in your face because I love you. When you open yourself up to God on a daily basis, God brings people in your path because you're available. They're all people. They, they don't want to hear about it. I'm too busy. I got to catch a bus. My wife wants me to shop. There's always a story. And if you're not sensitive to the Holy Ghost, you'll miss that opportunity. I've been learning that I'm not going to miss any opportunity. I don't care. I don't care if a train's going. I don't care if I have to back up. I don't Anything I, 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 I
searching for you. You know why? I got a nice place. I go, do you think we can go on a private date? Why is it private? You know, you go through, you go through the bar, and there's a kitchen in the back. We could go there. So we go through the bar, we go through the kitchen, shut, pull on the light, shut the door, and he goes, well, which do you think you would like to go? He says to me, he said, I've been searching for you. I've been looking for people call my fortune. He said, I'm looking for truth, so can you help me? I said, well, Salvation And I said, excuse me, sir, this is the private. He said, oh, I'm sorry, shut the door. We start over again, we prayed again. I ain't letting this bliss go. said, I had a 40-year-old daughter that committed suicide. She jumped off a cliff. Are you hearing this? And I was like, whoa. He says, I can't make it. It haunts me every night. He said, what do you think? And I stood there because, I mean, that was like, boom, it hit me in the face. What do you tell somebody, a father, that his daughter committed suicide? As I stood there and meditated, the Lord says, tell him this. When your daughter jumped, I caught her. And she's in heaven. Stop worrying about her. He goes, I said, you need not to think about her now. It's done. It's done. See, when God comes in on our situation, he handles the whole situation. He just doesn't handle one part. Are you hearing me? Because you know what? If he knows the hairs on your head, and I have a lot. My hair is short now, but I've always had long hair. But you think about I just thank God for that. With you up here, with you up here. Let's just pray for lost souls. Because I know that touched a lot of your hearts here in those stories. Amen. Father, we just pray for our lost family members right now and the people in our life that don't know the Lord. We pray, God, that the same boldness that is in Thomas would be in every one of us to share our faith wherever we go. 
Come on, would you just lift up their name to the Lord? I pray for my sister Lisa right now, my brother Mitch. Come on, lift up their names. God, would you lead us to preach to them? God, even when we're dancing the jitterbug, use us wherever we are now with our friends and co-workers, Father. And I just pray that you continue to bless Thomas and use him, God, to preach the gospel in Jesus' name. Can everybody say amen? Amen. Check him out for his, uh, his business. He preaches just like that in his store. And my wife and I get a trip out of it. And he's been dressing me well the last couple of uh, weeks. And thank you for that, Brother Thomas. We needed to hear that. I can tell. Yeah, he did. And he is. Thank you, brother. Can I preach now? Amen. Awesome. Open up your Bibles with me to uh, 2 Peter chapter 1. That's old school right there. If you're 70 years old and been serving the Lord for a while, we'll give you that. Which is okay because I said to myself, I go, man, if he ever comes to church, I'm going to let him talk. And I know he's going to be unpredictable. He's going to be crazy if I let him come. But God told me to do that, so he came and showed up. And thank you for that, brother. We all need that boldness. And you're just one of many here. By the way, you're one of many. We got street preachers and business preachers and all types of preachers here. As a matter of fact, when David was preaching back there, he's, he's part businessman and part military man. And I was just watching that back there, Brother David. I'm just so proud of you and your family, what you guys have done. What a great word this morning. Thank you. I want to talk to you today about God's great and precious promises. It's a series that we've been in. And then I want to give you some great and precious promises. So I want to just kind of uh, get some WD-40 on your heart right now to loosen you up to get to receive them. Can you say amen? Look at this scripture. This is Peter the Apostle. He wasn't the first pope, but he was a disciple of Jesus Christ. We hear now about a pope resigning, this and that. It doesn't matter what pope resigns. That's not the true church of Jesus Christ, friends. You're a part of a true church today. We're not the only ones. They're spread out all across the globe. Amen? So I don't have to dress up like your mother and you call me father. Are you listening? I don't have to dress in a dress and put on hairdo. We're having the power of God right here. But a lot of people tell lies about Peter. They tell lies about Jesus' mom, too. They say that, you know, you have to go to his mother Mary to get to Jesus. That's not true. You can pray just like how Mary prayed. Mary, at the marriage supper uh, there, she asked Jesus to do a miracle to provide wine for the guests. You can ask Jesus to do a miracle, amen? And when Peter was a disciple, he got the promises of God. God promised him things, and he tapped into those promises, and you can do the same exact thing Peter did. Are you all listening? We don't have to kiss the Pope's ring and place them on a different pedestal. Even me as your pastor, I'm a man just like you, holding on to the Word of God. That's what Peter did. Can I get an amen? Amen. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, His divine power has given us everything we need. Whose power has given us everything? God's power, His power. Everybody say, His power. 
thank you. So his power has given us everything we need just for church on Sundays when life's going easy. No, it says everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. That's what we're talking about this month. God's great and precious promises. By his power, he's giving them to you for life and godliness. Think of it like this. He's giving you everything you need for your natural life and your spiritual life. Everything you need for your physical body and everything you need for your soul and spirit. That's the God we serve. We don't just serve a God when we meditate, do yoga, and it doesn't affect our lives. These are not just uh, fortune cookies we open up after a good Chinese uh, meal. The Word of God transforms our physical life, and it transforms our spiritual life. Do you believe it? Look at verse 4. Through these, his glory and goodness, he has given us very great and precious promises. Look at your neighbor and say, that means you. He has given you promises. Look at your other neighbor and say, God gave you promises. Thank you. God has given you promises. And they're not small and rinky-dinky. They are great and precious. God has given us very great and precious promises so that through them we might participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. The world is trying to corrupt your physical body. Temptation will destroy your life. Alcohol abuse, cigarette addiction, drug abuse, sexual promiscuity, promiscuity offends and goes against your natural body. It will destroy you. Bitterness, anger. Have you seen bitter people in life? They're stressed, high blood pressure. They don't get rest when they sleep at night. Are you all tracking with me? You see, God has given you great and precious promises to escape the physical corruption of this world and the spiritual corruption. That means when you accept Christ into your heart, your heart changes. You get joy on the inside. You get peace on the inside. You have hope for a better tomorrow. You can rest in your soul and know that when you die, you're going to be forever with Jesus in heaven. Amen? So think about this. This is not make-believe, and I didn't just read you a fairy tale. This is the Bible, the Word of God. Yet so many of us, we live below this. God wants us to be up here, but we're living down here. God wants us to come inside and be at his table and enjoy the bounty of his blessings, like at a Thanksgiving dinner, and we're out in the doghouse with Fido. We're supposed to be soaring on wings like eagles, but we're living with turkeys and chickens. You've got to change your thinking. This is the word for you today. Peter didn't say, well, by my religious ability, I live a good life. No, Peter said, by God's divine power, I get everything I need in life for my physical body and for godliness in my spiritual life. Peter said, that's where I get my power from. But power without a source or a conduit. It's just raw, unbridled power. So how do we tap in to the power of God? You know, there are power stations all throughout Chicago. How do we tap into them? Well, there are electrical uh, plants that send them out then through electrical wires, and then they come into those outlets, and you plug into that outlet. The promise of God is how you plug into the power of God. So how do you get the things that God has for you? He's promised it for you in heaven. And how many know there's a lot of power in heaven? But he said, pray that my kingdom will come on earth as it is in 
So how do, we, how do we bridge the gap? Look at me, everybody. Come on. How do we bridge the gap from heaven to earth, from the power to your daily life? You have to plug into the promise. You have to understand the word of God and apply the word of God to your life. If you're not plugging into the word, if you're not connecting your life to God's word, you will be as far as you, uh, from his power as you are from the moon. God may be doing it in other people's lives, and you're wondering, how come their lives are changing, but I'm not? And they may be your neighbor. They may be somebody that came to the church even after you did. You've been going to church longer. You may know more of the Bible than them. But what's the difference between someone who's experiencing life and godliness in the way God intended and those who are not? It's the ability to plug into God's promises. Think about that. All of us have phones here right now. Eventually, they're going to run out of their battery charge, and we only have so many outlets. So those who could keep that battery going are those who could plug into an outlet. And so you can't just say to yourself, well, I got a promise from yesterday. I have a promise from three months ago. You have to daily recharge your spiritual life into the promises of God. The Bible says man does not live by bread alone, but by the very words of God. So every day you need this. Can I get an amen? Now watch how he said to apply this. So you say, okay, I need to get some promises. We're going to talk about promises today. But what do you do to receive those promises? This is where we call faith. Everybody say faith. So God's power is over here. God's promise is over here. I'm plugged into it. But how do I receive it every day? What in the sense of this example is my lamp? What is the place that gets illuminated when I plug into God? It is faith. So think of it like this. If I have nothing to plug into the socket, though the socket is there, I still won't receive the power. It's come all the way from the electrical plant to me. Is everybody following me? Electrical plant way far away from here comes all the way to right there to a power outlet or one right behind me. Here it is. But you see right now, this being my life as an example, I have no connection now to it. Though it's right there, I need the plug itself. That is faith. God is the power station. The promise is the outlet. Your plug is the faith. Some of you all think that's so deep, but it's so simple. Don't get so deep it goes over your head. Let me just give it to you again. God is the power station. God has all the power, does he not? He's bringing us his power by the Holy Spirit through his word, and it's like that outlet right there. Here it is. But how do I now plug into that? I do that by faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. So the plug, my charger that connects my life to the promise of God, that charger is my faith. Your faith is what connects you to the word of God. And the word of God is what's connected to the power and very nature of God. Is everybody tracking with me? Now listen to how it says it all together. I'm going to read it from verse 3 and onward because it's going to say your faith has to be built up. You just don't get faith one time and leave it alone. You have to build your faith. You have to interact with your faith. So hear it from the beginning. Verse 3, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who's called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he's given us very great and precious promises so that through them we might participate in the divine nature escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires for this very reason make every effort to add to your faith 
goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and self-control, perseverance, and perseverance, godliness, and godliness, brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness, love. Verse 8, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord and Jesus Christ. Isn't that powerful? So God is the energy center, sending his promises to us today by the Holy Spirit, and we're plugging in by faith, but we've got to add things to our faith. That's why the day you got saved, you had a certain amount of faith, and me being saved 18 years, I have a different amount of faith. You may say, Pastor, well, don't we both have faith? Yes, we both have faith, but I have been adding those things to my faith for 18 years, and you might have just got saved last, last week. You haven't added those things yet. See, that's the difference, my friends. It's not that God gives us different faith. It's that he gives us all the same faith, but we who are mature in the Lord, productive in the Lord, effective in the Lord, are those who build our faith. Let me give you an example of this. Just touch your, your arm right here. You got some muscle right here? Come on now, where's Ricky Rivera at? Ricky Rivera, would you stand up and flex them guns for us, please? No, don't you be shy. Don't you be shy. Now, come on. Ricky, Ricky. <laughs> don't stumble, ladies. He is happily married. And some of you men, don't be jealous. We all have muscles if we are a healthy person. All the same if we're men and all the same if we're women to the size of our body. It's all the same build and, and nature because we're human beings. Are you tracking here? But we all don't look like Ricky or better yet Arnold Schwarzenegger or whoever now is a bodybuilder. Do they have to get some, ty some type of RoboCop thing put into their muscles? They may shoot steroids and do things like that. But do they have a different bone in there? Do they have a different tissue for their skin? Do they have different muscles in there? No. They have the same ones that you and I have, but they work them out. They continue to add things to those tissues where you and I may be only adding some pizza, some of those concondules. Are you all listening? They are adding to their muscles exercise, and they are adding nutrients and a healthy lifestyle. And so by adding those things to the physical muscle, they grow the physical muscle. Faith is a muscle. Once you're born again, you have it. Faith is in your heart. You can't be saved without it. So we all get that muscle of faith, but Peter is saying, now work out your muscle of faith. Well, what's the first thing that I should add to my muscle of faith? Look at it. Verse 5, and same with me, add to your faith what? Goodness. So how do I grow in my faith? i got to start behaving good. If you are living a nasty life, it will affect you. And therefore, you won't have faith in God's promises because your life is messed up. But if you are pursuing goodness and you're following God's commands, you're adding to that faith. You do that for a couple years, you'll start having more faith than you ever dreamed of. Why? Because you've seen goodness happen to you. You've seen what God can do in your life. You've been exercising. Add to goodness what? Now it's, oh, you mean, Pastor, I'm supposed to read my Bible other than when it comes up on the karaoke screen at church? Yes. You're supposed to add to your faith knowledge. You're supposed to exercise that muscle. You're responsible for it. 
I could be sitting up here as Arnold Schwarzenegger, because I always tell bodybuilders when I go to the gym, man, you look pretty good, but I look better on the inside because I've been exercising my faith muscles. You, you understand? And if you say, oh, pastor, he casts out demons, heals the sick. He sees a lot of God things in his life. You know the reason is? 18 years working my faith. I'm 36 now, and I accepted Christ at 18. I've been adding goodness every day to my life. I've been adding knowledge every day to my life. But here's the deal. I could be standing up here and spiritually flexing my muscles. I could be quoting to you scripture, and you could be going, man, pastor got some spiritual muscles. Look at my pastor preach. Look at my pastor memorize scripture. But that doesn't do anything for you. For you to change your life, for you to change your spiritual life, you've got to grow in your knowledge. You've got to grow in goodness, knowledge. Add to knowledge what? Everybody say self-control. Wow, you mean I'm actually expected by God to be in control of myself? Yes. If you are out of control in your life, you get angry and you talk however you want to talk, you treat people however you want to treat them, you eat whatever you want to eat, you're addicted to substances, you spend money however you want, and you can't control yourself. When we start talking then about the promises of God, they're going to be going right over your head. Because you won't be able to tap into those promises, and you're thinking, man, what's the problem? You know, that Bible must not be true. Or you know what? I must not be given the gift of faith like pastor and other people. No, the difference is, if you see promises coming about in somebody's life, they are in control. The Christian who receives God's promises are in control. Now, you might be getting to the point where you're already at number three going, Pastor, I already failed the test. Well, that's okay. There's somebody called the Holy Ghost who's greater in you than he that's in the world that lives on the inside of you. So we're not supposed to be doing this in our own strength. We're supposed to be doing it by the power of the Holy Spirit. But yet it's a principle, and that means if we don't do it, God cannot honor his word and do something for you. God will never break his word. He'll never, you can always trust him with that. If God says, I will bless you when you do A, B, and C, if you only do A, he won't bless you. As a matter of fact, he can't. You know, some people, they think that God can do everything. Well, God can do everything in context of good. God can do everything good. But do you know there are things that God can't do? The Bible says God can't lie. The Bible says God can't lie. Are you all tracking with me? Because God will never do something that is evil. So if God says it is good for you to do A, B, and C, and I bless you, and you only do A, get lazy on B and C, and then you blame God for not blessing you, he can't bless you because he is tied to his word, and the Bible says he can't lie. So if I say to my baby girl, if I say, uh, Bethany, as, as we did last night, we, we had, uh, so what do we call those sandwiches? Paninis. We had a panini sandwich. That's what we eat. Some chicken breast. We were like trying to slim down here a little bit. And we had some of those onions and green peppers that go with it, some mashed potatoes. Well, Bethany, all she wanted was just the chicken. You know, sometimes children are picky. She's only four years old. But I had taken them to the grocery store earlier, and I said, if you're good, I'll get you a treat. And they had picked out some ice cream. So we had the ice cream already there. And they said, we want our ice cream. Well, I said to Bethany, you have to eat your chicken. You have to eat your mashed potatoes, and you have to eat your vegetables. How many think that's a good dad, right? For you to get your ice cream. 
Now, if I, as I saw her, she didn't want to eat it at first. If I just said, well, don't worry about it. Here is now your ice cream. What have I just done? Come on. Well, no, what did I just do? I lied. Right? I lied. And that's why parents... Don't be too strict and don't be too loose. Do exactly what God says and keep your word because you have to do that to set a standard, right? So if I now would have said, oh, you know, yeah, you don't really like vegetables and, yeah, it's getting too late and your stomach doesn't like it. If I now would have given her that ice cream, now I am a liar. And now the next time, right, when we're doing that same thing again, she's going to say to herself, I ain't got to eat this. I know my dad's going to give it. She may not say it to herself, but the rationality is still there. I know my dad's a liar. My dad will say something, but he won't back it up. So I'll just put out my little puppy dog eye, and I'll get my little ice cream. See, God is exactly the same way as a good father. He will not lie to you. So these things right here, you have to have to receive the promises of God. We add to our faith goodness, then knowledge, then self-control. What's the next thing? Come on, somebody say perseverance. Thank you, perseverance. That means we don't give up. So God says to you, I will bless you if you don't give up. You've got to be good. You've got to be full of the knowledge. You've got to be under control, and you can't quit. You cannot quit. So guess what? You quit, you don't receive the blessing. I wonder how many quitters were literally right on the doorstep of their blessing. I don't know if you've ever seen this picture, but it's on Facebook. It's like a cartoon. Somebody's digging through a cave, and there's a diamond right on the other side, and he's been digging a whole long way, and it's literally just a sliver of dirt left, and it shows him quitting, walking the other way, and then another one shows the guy going forward and getting it, and it was saying that quitters never win, and winners never quit. You can't quit. So when I talk to people today, one of the first things that may come to your mind when I go, because our, 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 our message is going to be God wants you healthy, wealthy, and wise. So this is just the introduction. Somebody say, I'm in church. My message is going to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. And I want you to know God wants you healthy. He wants you wealthy. And he wants you wise. Well, the first thing people are going to begin to say is, I already tried that in some other church down the road. When I read my Bible, I tried to be healthy. I tried to be wealthy. I tried to be wise. It didn't work. Well, the problem is not going to be with God today. You will have to realize that if you were in that position, it was because you quit. Because I believe if we don't quit on God's word, he keeps his word every single time. He cannot lie. Now, if you don't want to be healthy, wealthy, or wise, we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But I believe how many of you here want to be healthy, wealthy, and wise? Amen. You might think I'm making this up. No, this is the Bible. Just like how in our church talks about heaven and hell, making disciples, the Bible gives us promises for those things. So we add to self-control, perseverance. What do we add to perseverance? Do you know that God actually wants you to be like him? Godliness. You see, goodness is something that we all know. You know, for goodness sake. You ever hear anybody talk like that? It's kind of an old school saying. Oh, for heaven's sake. Or for goodness sake. You know what we're expecting? We're expecting even from the youngest age, people to know right from wrong. You know, when you have two cookies and one of your friends doesn't have any cookies, share a cookie. Why? Because that's good. It's good to share. And sharing is caring. See, come on. And, and, you know, we understand that uh, somebody's being abused and hurt. We know to help them not be abused and hurt, stick up for them, defend them. That's good. But the thing that he adds here that's different than goodness, see, goodness is kind of a standard among men that we understand. We all get goodness. But he even makes, uh, puts it up a notch. 
He says, I want you to add to your faith God-likeness. I don't want you just to be like Peter and Paul and my disciples. Peter's writing this, by the way. He's saying it's not just good enough for you to be good like another person. You need to be godly like your heavenly father. Do you know that Jesus actually said this? You know the same Jesus that said, love your neighbor as yourself. Do you know that Jesus said, be ye perfect for your heavenly father in heaven is perfect. So do you know that when Jesus walked here, he actually wanted us to act like God our father? Yeah, he didn't want us to keep living like the devil. How many know some people are children of the devil? The Bible talks about they act like the devil, they talk like the devil. They'll even do things against their own conscience because the devil is inspiring them. A lot of times we see this like in TV and movies and media. There are things that are happening that are so ungodly. And why would that happen? Because some of us could not even imagine just 10 years ago the wickedness that people are doing today. The reason why people are doing things like shooting Newtown and all this, what we would call unimaginable, is because it's not coming from the heart of men. It's coming from the heart of demons and satanic forces. See, you're in a battle and see satanic forces... Demons that have been kicked out of heaven that know their eternal place is in hell is coming to people and saying, shoot these children. It's unimaginable to a human mind. It wouldn't come into that person's mind. A demon is influencing this. Are you all tracking with me? But why is it we see that all over the place? Every time we turn on the news, we've got the Holy Spirit living in us. We should be living like our Heavenly Father. And instead of them putting on their kids getting killed, they should be showing Metro praise, giving out Christmas presents, bringing in the orphans, taking care of the needy, ridding violence off the streets. Why? Because the church is acting like their Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit is giving them things unimaginable to do for His glory. Oh, I couldn't imagine being like that. That's right. God will give you the ability to imagine so much of a different you that the only person we can compare the new you to is God. Think about that. It's more than just an earthly good where we all just sit back and go, yeah, you know, I could be good without going to church because, you know, I could do this and this. No, I'm talking about a behavior. I'm talking about a love, a missionary kind of love, an orphan kind of love, a loving your enemy kind of love where people say, who does that? That don't remind me of Oprah. Oprah just does her things then leave, but you're giving your life to the hurting and to the poor and reaching out like God. May we be called children of God. Not because we walk around going, I'm a child of God, I'm a child of God. May the people around us call us that. As a matter of fact, the Bible talks about that blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall inherit the earth. The Bible gives us promises that are unimaginable if we'll do it his way. Can you say amen? Then we add to uh, kind, uh, godliness, what? Brotherly kindness and love, which is being kind to each other and to love God and to love one another. So look at these things that you need to add to your faith. So to receive God's promises, you need to have faith. Can I hear an amen? amen. Now look what you need to add to your faith if you're taking notes. You add goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. Look at verse 8. For if you possess these qualities, this is God's word speaking to us. If you possess these things, working out your muscle. Pastor, what do I do when I make a mistake? Repent and get back up? How many of you, if you, uh, you know, you were in my shoes and, and uh, you know, Bethany, she didn't eat her, 
her things, would uh, put her over your knee and beat her and spank her and then throw her outside. No, nobody would do that, right? What do we do? We just say, okay, tonight you don't get the ice cream, but it's going to be waiting here for you tomorrow afternoon. So the next time we put out stuff, and I won't be like the cruel parents that keep that meal for the next meal. We ain't going to do that. That's nasty. But let's just say today we're going to happen, happenstance to have some of the same meal. We put it back out. Now I go, Bethany, it's a new day. Let's give it another shot. Doesn't that sound like a good parent, right? Let's give it another shot. Don't you think God's like that with us? So when we mess up, God's not like, you go to hell and you burn with the demons of hellfire. No, he's not like that. He's like, okay, repent. Let's go at it tomorrow. He doesn't change the standard. He doesn't go, well, here's your ice cream anyways. No, he goes, let's go at it tomorrow. Let's get back up at it. Here it is. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, that means they're continuing to grow in your life. You don't just say, man, I was good yesterday, or I had some knowledge of God when I used to go to the 101 or 201. No, increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So here it is. Pastor, put it onto your plate. You're responsible for the promises of God in your life and family. You are. I am responsible for the promises of God in my life. If I do not receive those promises, that is not your fault, that is not my mom's fault, that is not a denomination's fault, that's not the government's fault, that is between me and my God. Because he said, if I did those things and I held to his word, the promises that he was talking about, I would be effective and I would be productive. Everybody say, I will be effective and productive in my knowledge of God. Amen. I want to give you three promises today that God has for you. As you're uh, turning with me to 1 John chapter 1, I want to put up our devotionals here. 1 John chapter 1 verse, uh, excuse me, 3 John. 3 John, there's actually uh, a gospel of John, and then there are three epistles of John. So I'm asking you to turn with me to the third book of John right before Revelation. And before we do, would you put up the blog, please? All this month, We've been giving out daily devotions. God told me to undertake a project of 365 daily devotions. So every day this year I'm putting out devotions. They then will come into a book form. But one of the unique things that I did is I felt the Lord told me to make each month a separate series so that for some of you who didn't catch it on in January, you can start in February and do the Thug Dizzle. For those of you who are like, man, I don't even know if I can start on a normal day, you can pick a series at any time, and for 30 days, just go ahead and go through that series. It's one day at a time. But as I'm doing it, it's every day of the year. So every day of the year, for this year, I'm doing devotions. And then as each month closes out, you have a 30-day series you can go back to. Well, the series that we have for the month of February is the promises of God. And would you uh, scroll down so that they uh, scroll up so they can see it here? Just pause right there. So February. Every day I've been sending out these devotions. Now, this is pause right here. One of the things you're supposed to add to your faith is what? Knowledge. Some of you don't even know the promises of God, and your pastor is putting out one every day a month this month. Are there any more excuses left? I mean, if you can't read, we'll have somebody in the church read them to you. I am serious. I, I want to take away every single excuse. 
Look at this. Promise of salvation. Promise of sanctification. Promise of a new heart. Keep going, sister. Thank you. The promise of eternal life. The promise of heaven. The promise of the Holy Spirit. The promise of spiritual gifts. The promise of healing. The promise of faith. The promise of hope. The promise of love. How many would like to wake up instead of hearing the news, hear this? And say, see how many people died in such and such a place. Here's some promises. The promises of joy. The promise of never being alone. The promise of strength. The promise of peace. The promise of protection. The promise of financial protection vision that's just day 17 i got the whole month coming to you baby and then just to give you an example if you could scroll up here are some of our other devotional series uh, excuse me scroll down here are some devotional series we'll be tackling march will be the heart of worship and prayer april successful worker the wisdom of proverbs it's all there lifechangingdevotions.com look at your neighbor and say get you some come on look at your other neighbor and say you really need it <laughs> I want to give you three promises today. God wants you to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. Well, healthy, wealthy, and wise. Now, somebody might say back to me, they say, Pastor, are you one of them word of faith preachers? Yes, I am. Because I'm not a word of doubt preacher. I'm not going to come up here and say, doubt everything God said. Doubt it. You can't believe it. No, I'm going to give you words to have faith in. I'm a word of faith preacher. Oh, but that's not what I mean, Pastor. Are you one of them health and wealth fellas? Yes, I am. Because I don't believe God wants you to be sick and poor. I don't believe God says, I want you sick and you broke, busted, and disgusted, but some sinner over here to be living the dream life and have all the money, have all the health. I believe God wants you healthy, and I believe he wants you wealthy. Now, if somebody said this to me, Pastor, do you equate wealth with being righteous. No, I don't, because I believe unrighteous people can have wealth. If they said, do you equate poverty with sin? Because there's some preachers that say, if you're poor, you're in sin. No, because Paul was even poor at times, the Bible says. Jesus was at times homeless. So I'm not saying that if you are sick, you have sin, or if you're poor, you have sin, or that God cannot lead you through those times. All of us here today are dealing with some kind of a sickness, something that is not to the perfect standard of our bodies. For me, I have to wear glasses. I have a skin condition known as psoriasis on my head. And then we have each of us our own different things that we look at, and we go, man, I need to work on this. We all, most of us, could say, I would like to have more money to do more things, pay off debt, to be able to save for my children. So we're not here to judge you and to say, well, you're under a curse because you have glasses and you're, you're poor and you must be in sin. No, we're not going to distinguish it that way. What we are going to say, though, is the Bible says that we are to have wealth, that the Bible does say we are to be healthy. And the Bible does teach to be wise. Are you all listening to me? And we'll define those things. Number one, healthy. If you want to be healthy, can I hear you say amen? amen. Third John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 2. The elder, to my dear children, get to my dear friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy what? Good health and that all may go well with you. Somebody say well with me. Even as your soul is getting well. God wants you in good health. As your soul is, God wants you to be in your physical body. When we talked about the promises, we said God gives us promises for life and for godliness. Are you all tracking with me? Life, 
and godliness. Life is your natural body. Godliness is your spiritual body. When your earthly body, body dies, how many know your spirit and soul lives on? One of our dear brothers, he lost his father, Pastor Berto, and I was there at the funeral. When we looked at uh, Jesus Govea, there in the casket, I looked at uh, Brother Berto and I said, you know your dad's not here anymore, don't you? He said, yeah, that's not my dad. How many know when the body dies, you live on? You're not just the body. But while you're here in this body, God has promises to keep the body healthy. God wants to take care of your body because he created it. He loves your body. He loves, well, as a matter of fact, he made it in his image, and he loves it so much that Jesus came to take on flesh, and he is forever the God-man, 100% man, 100% deity. So that shows that he don't make no junk. Look at your neighbor and say, you are wonderfully made. Amen. Isaiah 53 talks about healing for the sick, 1 Peter 2.24, and I'll put these on a blog when I'm done today because God was dropping so many on me. But the Bible says that when our bodies are sick, we can come to God in his atoning work on the cross to receive healing. Now, here's the deal. If you want to stay sick, you don't have to pray to be healed, and you will get exactly what you want. Okay, so I'm going to say this again. For some of you who think, well, there's a preacher now. He's trying to mess with me. I don't know if anybody talks like that here, but this preacher's trying to mess with me, have me pray for this and pray for it. Look, if you don't want to pray for it, you don't have to. That's the deal. You, so for me, I have glasses on. You all tra tracking with me? If I don't ever want to ask God to heal me, I can wear glasses the rest of my life, and I'll get what I want. If I, if I want glasses the rest of my life, I don't ever have to ask him. Because I will receive exactly, the Bible says, according to what I ask. And if I did not ask, I cannot expect to receive. So for some of you who think this is a gimmick, I want to take that away because the church has abused people, has abused people like me and you, where they teach us these gimmicks and then they uh, put money involved in trying to receive your miracle. So I just want to say it right from the beginning, if you don't want a miracle, you don't need to ask for one. Okay? But I want to ask for one. Okay, I can see just fine with these glasses, but when I take them off, I can't see. I want to believe God that there is a promise for me to be able to see. Guess what? Part of that promise is persevering. I'm going to keep asking God to heal me until I go to heaven and he gives me a new set of eyes. Now, that's not between you and me. That's between me and God. You, you get what I'm saying? Some of you have a lot more serious ailments, uh, ailments and illnesses than that. And it may be for you to get your hopes up and to pray the word of God. It may always let you down and you may always feel discouraged because you don't want to build that faith muscle for your healing. And that's okay. And we will support you. But I will tell you this. God has more for you. You can get mad at me. You can say, Pastor, I just want you to love me being sick and say that God wants me sick. I can't lie to you. Some Christians want to tell you, that. well, you know, you already asked, you didn't get healed, so God must want you sick. See, I go back to where the Bible says and say we can increase our faith. Because every person that came to Jesus, Jesus always healed them. So Jesus' faith obviously was in line with the Father, so whatever he asked for got done. So I want to build up a church of people like Jesus, that when we pray for each other's sicknesses and illnesses, we could see healing. 
But there's natural laws as well. James 1.17 says that every good and perfect gift comes from our Heavenly Father. So in the natural world with our physical body, what are some things that God wants us to do? Well, he wants us to diet. He wants us to rest. The Bible says a Sabbath, one in every seven days, we should stop working and rest. Exercise. The Bible says that physical exercise is of some benefit, and so we should apply it to our life. The Bible also talks about being at peace in our mind. If you talk to any nurse or doctor here, stress helps increase sickness in the body because it it, it weakens the immune system. So God wants you physically at peace and at rest, getting plenty of sleep at night. And then he wants you to follow the doctor's wisdom. We're not here telling you to throw away your medication if you're on diabetes or taking some type of medication. God gave that doctor wisdom. If the Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from God, then if they created an MRI, where did that wisdom come from? God. If they created cancer treatment, where did that wisdom come from? God. So in the natural, you as a believer can operate your faith in a natural way. Good. You can ask anybody, is it good to overeat? Remember we talked about adding to our faith goodness? So we want to add to our physical body a healthy diet because that's good. Am I right? Come on, somebody. But now there are spiritual laws. The spiritual sense of what sickness is, the Bible says in Luke 9.39 that there's actually spirits of infirmity that attack our bodies. That means that not every time you are facing a sickness, it is just a physical sickness. Now, I don't want to be confused as saying that every time you're sick, you have a demon, and we need to exercise it out of you. But there are stories in the Bible that Jesus walked the earth and said when he healed them, he didn't just say physical body be healed. He spoke to a spirit, and he said, spirit, come out. This is what it says in Luke chapter 13, verse 11. How many know we can't be smarter than Jesus? All right, so if Jesus did this, we may have to sit back and say, I could probably learn from this. How many can learn something from Jesus? Amen. So a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was crippled by a what? A spirit. Does that mean every crippled person has a spirit? No, it just means this woman was crippled by a spirit. And she had been bent over and could not straighten up. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward, said to her, Woman, you are free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. So what do we do here for God to keep us healthy? Number one, we apply the natural rules to our life with the strength of God. The diet, the rest, the exercise, the avoidance of stress, listening to our doctors on daily checkups. But then we also discern and ask him, when we are sick, God, is this a physical illness or do I have a spirit attacking me? I believe the shepherd will let you know. If you ask God when you are sick, he will let you know. Now, I've been dealing with the head cold, and I don't believe that's been a spirit of the head cold. But there were times when I was in India, and our missionaries speak of this more often because they're on the front line, but also times when I was in Bible college, and I would feel an oppression that would manifest in sickness. And when I began to rebuke the devil, the sickness, the upset stomach, the nauseousness would leave. If you want to be healthy, you need to hold on to God's promise. He wants you to be healthy. He wants life to go well with you as it goes well with your soul. So if you're sick, ask God for prayer. Ask God for prayer. Or ask uh, God for healing and pray. 
The Bible says that in our services, we should have anointing oil in the, uh, the last chapter of James to anoint the sick. So anytime you come to this church or any event we're doing at a life group, you should be confident to know somebody will pray for me for healing. And then take care of yourself according to the wisdom of God. So how many people want to be healthy? Can I hear an amen? Amen. How about wealthy? Can I hear an amen? All right. If you don't want it, somebody next to you does. Give it to them. Proverbs 10.22. Proverbs 10.22. And then I'll give you a New Testament scripture. Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord brings wealth, and he adds no trouble to it. How many here want the blessing of the Lord? How many know we should be giving out blessings more than just when people sneeze? Achoo, God bless you. May he give you wealth and increase you. That's not what I meant. Well, isn't that what the word blessing means? God will cause us to succeed and prosper. How many here are blessed by God? I don't have to look at my bank account to know whether or not I'm blessed because blessings are not determined by a number in a bank account or the house I live in. The blessing of the Lord is determined within my relationship to God. And in that relationship, God will supply our needs according to the riches in Christ Jesus. So the first thing that I need to believe is the blessing of the Lord will meet my needs. It will meet my needs. But guess what? He wants to do more than just meet my needs. He wants to give me wealth. Give, and it shall be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. What do I define the biblical word of wealth? Enough to pay your bills, to save for your children's inheritance, and to give to others in need. I want to share with you the biblical principle. The Bible says he gives you 100% by the talents and abilities you have. When you receive 100% of that, you should take 10% and give it to the church as your tithe. You should take the other 10% and put it in the bank to save it for an inheritance. Now that 80% that you live off of, you should be able to help people in your life have a better life. You might say, they didn't work for it. They didn't earn it. You didn't work for your brain, and you didn't earn your physical body. That was a gift of God. So as you have freely given, you should freely, as you have freely received, you should freely give. But there are principles in this. And let me give you the New Testament scripture, and then I'll give you the principles. 2 Corinthians 8 9 says, For we know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. And I'd like you to put this up, please, 2 Corinthians 8 9, so that through his poverty we might become rich. And people say, well, pastor, it's talking about spiritual blessings there. I'm going to be rich spiritually. Go up to verse 8. That's why I want everybody to see it. Go up to verse 8. Start in verse 7. Let's just preach today. Ain't nobody in a hurry. Amen. Verse 7. But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. That you excel. Look at verse 7, sister. I need some help with my preachers here in the audience today. 2 Corinthians 8, 7. That you excel in this grace of Y'all still ain't there. You excel in this grace of highlight it for him, sister. I don't want any excuses today. The word of God will set some people free today. He don't want you busted and disgusted. And just because some slick-haired Willie might have given you the wrong mind about church and finances, you need to break that yoke of poverty off your mind. God has blessings for you. He wants you to excel in this grace of so the heart of becoming wealthy is to become a giver. 
He is giving it to me so that it goes through me. Come on, somebody. We have a Christian business on the 40 years selling men's clothing. Would you rather him get the money or Amber Crombie and Fitch? Him get the money or Gap? Now, put to yourself in every situation you are on the job. Why should the sinner get the raise, become the sergeant, become the next manager? God wants to bless his people. Because when he blesses his people, his people will have a grace of giving. And I could keep you here all day talking about the grace of giving upon America because when we established ourselves as a Christian nation, that's why we became the most wealthiest nation. We still, as a country, even to this day, God have mercy on our wickedness, but we still do more in charity than any other nation. All of those OPEC oil nations don't give anything to Indonesia when they had a tsunami. But you know who went over there? See, Indonesia is a Muslim nation. Saudi Arabia has all the oil. You all listening to me? None of those Muslim nations gave a penny to Indonesia, to their own people. But who goes over there every time? America, because America was based upon in God we trust. Look at your dollar bill. They put it on there to remind you we trust in God. He said, this is what I want to see you excel in. I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the earnesty of your love by comparing it to others. So he wants to know. Paul here says, do you want to be a giver? I want to compare you to the giving records of other members in my other churches. Now, praise God, we ain't looking at your records. We ain't as crazy as Paul. Or I should say, maybe I'm not as smart as Paul. Some of y'all getting scared. I'm not commanding you, but I want to test your sincerity of love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. You know that Paul had multiple churches, and he would always say to them, come on, let's compete. Who can give the most? Oh, shame on that church. Shame on you and your greedy heart to judge a church. Them preachers shouldn't make all that money. You shouldn't be making all that money. You're going to hell anyway. See, the people of this world want to judge us. They don't understand. They're already full of the devil, and everything they have will burn in hell anyway. Does this watch make it to heaven? No. Does this? No. None of it does. So you're the fool for not giving it away to God because God said when we give it to him, we build treasures in heaven. We build treasures up there. So you judge us. The Bible says you're a fool. David was wealthy. Abraham was wealthy. Jesus had wealthy business owners support him. Paul had wealthy people in his church, and even he said, I won't take an offering, but I want all the offering you give me to go back out to the gospel, to the churches, and to helping the poor. And once again, I apologize for churches that don't help the poor and for churches that don't give to missions and for churches that don't do the right thing, but that's not here today. And that wasn't Paul. So he said, I want to compare it. He said, for the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, you think Jesus was pretty rich in heaven? He became poor. So did Jesus walk poor on this earth? He did it as a choice. Can you be poor if you want to? Yes, you have that choice. He came from heaven to earth, and it says he, yet, and, and, and highlight this where it says, yet for your sakes, down there, yet for your sakes he became poor so that through his poverty you might become. Do you believe that like you believe John 3.16? So what does God want to do for me? He wants to give me enough and then more than enough. Now, once again, you may say to yourself, Pastor, I don't want that. Well, you don't need to have it then. Pastor, I don't want to pray and ask for it because if I do, I might feel I'm manipulating the Lord or I'll try to play the lottery and make it happen. And I just don't want to get involved with the money thing. 
then don't. Then don't. You don't have to pray for God to make you rich or to make you wealthy. You do, you do not have to. We love you just the same. But I'm looking for a church that will see the promise of God up in the house and plug in their faith and say, I'll be a conduit of your blessing, Lord, so that next time we go to Mardi Gras, we don't have to leave 12 of them. About 12 wanted to go to Mardi Gras but couldn't afford it. We'll be able to pay for all of them to go. And then when our young people want to take mission trips, we won't say they can't go. We'll send them on mission trips. And then when people in this church say, I want another bathroom, we can build another bathroom. And then when people say, I want one by my neighborhood, we can put one in their neighborhood. So if you don't want to be wealthy, that's fine. But I'm still believing God that there's people here that want to come to Christ and say, Lord, give me enough and more than enough. Give it to me to go through me. And lastly, and here's the natural part of it. God wants you to work hard. 2 Thessalonians 3.10 says if a man don't work, you don't eat. He wants you to grow in education, knowledge. Not just knowledge of God, but knowledge of all things of this earth. If God made this earth, isn't there something for you to learn in every business you're a part of? So whatever you do on this earth, you can learn more about it. Maybe you work in a factory. Learn more about what you're doing in your factory. Maybe you work as a salesperson. Learn more about your product. Have self-control. Stay back on from lunch and hit, hang with the boss and get more information. If you look at what's increasing your faith and put it into the natural world, you will succeed. Those are the same principles. And I can't tell you how many businessmen, from millionaires to guys just starting off, have come to me and said, Preacher, what you just preached today is what they teach me in my business. They teach me the same thing. Don't you think people are going to teach them to grow in goodness in their business, to grow in knowledge in their business, to grow in self-control in their business, to be kind in their business? Work hard. Grow in education. Be dedicated. Never quit. How about the spiritual side? Be a tither. Spiritually sow that seed into God's kingdom and say, God, I'm trusting you. I'm not, gi I'm not giving to get but I'm trusting you that when I let go of what's in my hand, you'll let go of what's in your hand. Once again, you may say, Pastor, I can't sow a seed. I can't give a tithe. Well, then don't. But if you can have faith to say, when I sow a seed, I will reap a harvest. Because the Bible said that. Doesn't the Bible say that? That if I sow good seed and good ground, I can reap a harvest. Well, then put your faith to act, baby. Start exercising it. And how about this? We should care for others. This church has supported over 200 churches around the world. Right now we're doing the materials. We're sending off uh, in our missions to uh, Nigeria about 500 books so that they can get it published in their language. You know that when people have come to us asking for help, my biggest thing to them is always, I'm sorry, I can't give more. Sometimes people here can't pay their rent, and we as a church are only able to give $25, $50. I would like for Metro Praise to replace Goodwill. I would like for it to replace Salvation Army. Have you even thought about that, by the way? Salvation Army, you know how that started? It was by a church like this, by a man named Mr. Booth and his wife who wanted to change the world through giving. And lastly, wise. Everybody say wise. Now, I do have a problem if you don't want to be wise, amen? Because like Mr. T said, I pity the... Fool, real quick in closing, James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God because he gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. God wants you healthy, he wants you wealthy, and he wants you wise. Because how many know there's some healthy sports players that are wealthy, but they are fools? I'm going to say that again. How many know there's some people making a lot of money right now, and they got good health, but they are foolish? Let's, let's be wise. 
Let's be different than this world. Why is it I don't want to listen to Lady Gaga? It won't affect my health and it won't affect my wealth. I don't listen to Lady Gaga because it's foolishness. Are you all listening to me? Why don't I do certain things? Because it's not wise. The Bible never said that I couldn't bang my head up against that brick wall, but it's not wise. The Bible never said I had to look both ways before I crossed the street, but I do it because it's wise. The Bible never said I had to open the door for my wife, but I opened the door for my wife because it's wise. Happy wife is a happy life. You see what I'm saying? You know, the Bible doesn't tell you how you got to get up on time and be to work and all that, but you better do it because it's wise. So the Bible says anything you need to know how to do in excellence, in an outstanding way, like the wisdom of King Solomon, God will give it to you. You can take any situation you have right now in this world and apply that verse. If I lack wisdom, I should ask. God, I keep sleeping in and missing, and missing work, and I'm getting in trouble with my boss. Give me wisdom on how to get to bed on time. Give me wisdom, Jesus. Pastor, I don't have any friends. Everybody uh, I know always leaves me. I can't get along with people, and I come to the church, and now they're leaving me. Uh, God, give me wisdom on how to be a friend. Something must be wrong with the way I'm treating people, God. God, I keep having to take my car every five months to get major repairs on it. And they keep telling me I don't put in oil, I don't check the tires, I don't do any of it. God, teach me how to be wise with my car. God, I argue with my wife every day. My kids never listen to me. And my life is a wreck at home. I can't wait to get out and watch the game with my fellows at another house. God, give me wisdom to be a father and a husband. Every situation you and I face. Come on, brothers and sisters. We can go to our Heavenly Father. Say, God, would you give me wisdom? Would you teach me how to do this, God? I don't know how to do it the way maybe I'm supposed to, but God, you can explain it to me. I've seen high school dropouts come out of Teen Challenge with drug habits. They go to college, and they say, I'm so far behind. I can't put all these things together as the rest of the students are. But as they began to pray, God gave them wisdom to understand their textbooks, to become engineers and doctors, that they were able to do complex things because God did a miracle of wisdom in them. I still believe in a God that speaks to his people. But what is the natural component? Obviously, we have to be readers. We have to learn. I always tell our students, because I'm a professor in Bible college, and before we do the test, you know, we've always prayed to open up the test and, and in the class, you know, time period. But they always say, Pastor, would you pray again? I say, there ain't no prayer I can pray to help you now. Because if you didn't study, God's not a liar. And he said that the diligent received the reward. So I can't pray now for God to fix your stupidity. It gets quiet when I preach like that. You see, my Bible college students, they want to be spiritual and say, I didn't study all night, and I just want God to give me wisdom. I don't work as hard as the sinner does. I don't do as much as my manager does, but I'm going to put $10 in the offering today, and I'm going to ask God to give me that raise. God is smart, friends. He knows you're playing him. Work harder 
than the coworker that's competing for your job. Be wiser than the person that's trying to take business from you across the street. Do you know that Proverbs 4, 7 says, Wisdom is supreme, therefore in all you're getting, get it, though it costs you everything. And then also it says in Proverbs 8, 8 12, I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess wisdom, uh, excuse me, I possess knowledge and witty invention. Listen to this. The Bible says wisdom also has with it, because wisdom is actually talking like a person here in Proverbs. So it says, you know what I got, wisdom? It says, I also got prudence, I also got knowledge, and I know how to be creative. Wisdom has all of that for you. You got to be a reader to be a leader. You have to be teachable. You don't show up at the job and say, I got the anointing, ain't nobody here going to teach me anything. No, you be the most humble and say, teach me how you do that. And in the back of your mind, you're thinking, I'm going to do it better than you, and they're going to promote me over you, and I'm going to teach you how to do what I do. Now, if you don't want to succeed on your job like that, that's okay, because we do need people to clean the carpet and sweep out the alleyways. Are you listening to me? But I want to know, is there anybody here that wants to be a boss? Anybody here that wants to be like Joseph and excel? You might say, Pastor, you offended me. We should love our garbage street workers and all that. I have no problem with you wanting to be there. But anywhere you start in life and you come to Christ, I would say, do you believe he can increase? you if you're a garbage man do you believe he can make you the manager of garbage men if you're a teacher do you believe he can make you a leader of the teachers union to help the teachers understand what's going on in this city if you're working at mcdonald's you say pastor i'm just working at mcdonald's do i believe that god can make you the manager yes he can and if you don't want to just don't complain to me be a reader be teachable perfect your craft how many of you here enjoy what you do nine to five Perfect it. Whatever you do, get better at it. Study about it. Be passionate. Go to the conferences. Go to the places where you can learn. And then here's the spiritual side. What do we do? We pray. We read the Bible. And then we begin to ask God for those things. Amen. Would you stand up to your feet today if you believe God's word? Amen. Would the band please come? And if you think we went late today, you can just talk to my friend today. (laughs) Amen. Good thing I ain't letting you say it. We got to end it. We learned today in 1 Peter that God has promises for us. And by those promises, we get everything for life and godliness. Do I have everything that I need right now? No. But I have a source to where I can get it. Do you have everything you need right now? No, you don't. But you have a source to where you can get it. That's what we read today. And the Bible says it's by faith. By putting our trust in God. And when we put our trust in God, we're going to add to those things. The things that are good. Right? He said add goodness. Add knowledge. Self-control. Perseverance. Brotherly kindness. Godliness. Love. And I believe if we do that, We can be healthy, wealthy, and wise. I believe if you stop today, whatever you've been doing that's wrong, and you adjust it in prayer, you'll see results by this time next week. Which one do you want to start with? I believe if you stop making the decisions you're making in your diet, you'll see a difference this time next week. I believe if you stop making, if you stop spending money on things you're doing that are wrong and outside of budget, you'll come back here next week and say, I've got 10 extra dollars. I didn't spend it on store, uh, Starbucks in the morning and, and uh, uh, you know, Dunkin' Donuts. I started making my own coffee, put it in a the thermos, just save 10 bucks. Now I can give 
and help my family and help the church, right? And I believe if we all started reading this Bible, we would be wiser. We would walk out of here this week, and we would, uh, we would walk out of here today, and this week people would look at us and go, man, how come you got such good advice? Well, I've just been reading God's Word every morning before I come here, and it just kind of seems to fit in to what I'm talking about. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today that in this house, God, there is hope, and there are promises, Lord, for us to succeed and to have a future. Right now, with every head bowed and eyes closed, would you think of one of those three things that I talked about today that you want to add to your life, that you want to increase in? In what area, rather, do you really want to see God change your life in? Think of it like that. Where's your greatest need? Your health, the wealth, or your wisdom? Obviously, we need all of them, but I want to partner with you in prayer right now before we go. And I just want you to ask yourself, which one should I focus on? If you're facing right now a sickness in your body, these altar workers are going to be coming down right now. Come on, altar workers, and they're going to get ready to pray with you. So if you're sick in your body, I want you just to come right now and let them pray with you. Just come right where you are. From right where you are to right where they are. We're going to start praying for healing in this, in this church. Starting there. God heals sick bodies. And I want us to follow those instructions. Go get the oil, brother. And we're going to anoint with oil. Now the rest of you, you may say, you know what? I don't need to ask God for a healing. But I want to ask God to bless me. If you want God to bless you and increase you on your job, your finances, would you find a prayer worker? Come on up here. Come on up here. Let's get prayed today. Let's get prayer today. Come on, Nick. Come on, Andrew. Come on, we're going to pray for some people today to be blessed and to be healed. So right now, you need to be blessed. You need to be healed. Come on forward. And prayer workers, ask them what they need. Quickly, I need some prayer workers standing right in front of me, right here. Quickly, Andrew. Quickly, Cynthia. Quickly, come on, God is moving here. Put down the base for me, Ish. Come on, stand right here. We're going to pray for you, sister. Come on, Ricky, pray right here. And now, if you need wisdom, if you need wisdom, I want you to come down. We're going to pray for God to give you wisdom. Maybe right now you just don't understand what's happening in your life. Life feels like it's out of control. We're going to pray and ask God for heavenly wisdom right now. Come on, prayer workers are praying. If you're at your seat, you need to come if one of those three areas are for you. We're going to worship, then we'll pray in closing. But right now I want everybody to receive prayer who needs to be healthy, wealthy, or wise. Jesus. Yes, God. Woo, come on. Jesus. It's not too late for you to find a prayer worker if you need to right now. Heal sick bodies, Jesus. Increase on the job. Give jobs to those who don't have it. Those who do, give them wisdom. Bless your people, oh God. Bless your people, Jesus. We pray for wisdom. We pray for wisdom in this place.
Give new ideas. Give knowledge. Give inventions. Give creative solutions to your people, oh God. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, if you need prayer, come on up here. A prayer worker will find you. Give us 30 more seconds, friends. Don't be in a hurry to leave today. Come on, just a moment with the Lord can change your life. Jesus, we receive your promises. We believe you want to bless us. You have the power for life and godliness. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you for miracles even happening now. I thank you for blessings even coming now. I thank you for wisdom. 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 If you're getting prayed for and you know that God is blessing you, would you just begin to worship him? Come on, tell him thank you today. Come on, tell him thank you. Thank you, God. Destinies are changing. Bodies are changing. Situations are changing in the name of Jesus. Sing it one more time, Adam. Yes. Hallelujah. Holy, holy, holy. Amen. If you are praying, just keep praying. But for the rest of you, we're going to dismiss. This is what I would do this week. I would get a hold of those promises and not let go until God blesses you. Just hold on to what God said. And for everybody up here getting prayer, God is coming to your circumstance and situation. Do not give up. Let's pray and dismiss. And those who are here can keep praying. We're not going anywhere. We're just letting those who need to go, to go. Father, we thank you for bringing us. Thank you for filling the house today. Be with those who couldn't make it. But Lord, this week, would you give us the promises to hold on to and help us build our faith to receive them in your precious name, in Jesus' name. Can everybody say amen? Would you bless him if you know he's good? Slap your neighbor high five and say God is good. Amen. Keep praying. Those that are praying, the rest of you will see you at life groups. We're going to worship. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Yes, God. Destiny. Purpose. Yes, God, bless his marriage, bless his family, bless all that he does, God. Oh, yes, make him healthy, wealthy, and wise. Transform his situations. 